nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So, welcome to another episode of the Zika Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And I have a powerful interview for you today. I mean, this, I mean, by saying it's powerful, I'm underselling this interview. This, I, Dr. Michael E. Platt, I mean, there are not enough words to describe how amazing his work is. But before I get into that, let's tell you a little bit about um, Dr. Platt. See, he's a board cert. He's board certified in internal medicine, and president of the Platt Wellness Center, and one of the most well-known specialists in natural hormone replacement, successfully treating thousands of patients all over the world. Dr. Platt has worked with thousands of patients and has tons of knowledge. He's also the renowned author of many books. But my personal favorite, Adrenaline Dominance, being the only book ever written that explores how excess adrenaline affects the body. I'm 75% through his book. It is fantastic. I've learned so much from reading and just internalizing the knowledge that he has brought. I have read over 100, if not hundreds of fitness and health books at this part of my life. And his book is definitely in my top five. I mean, if you haven't checked out Adrenaline Dominance, go ahead and give it a read. There's something in it for everyone. I mean, if you're if someone's autistic, if you struggle with high cortisol levels, if you struggle with sleep, um, it does so many things. And we're going to talk about it a little bit on hormonal imbalances and so on and so forth, which we're going to talk about in this interview. Of course, he's written other books like The Miracle of uh, Bioidentical Hormones, which is also a good book, but I haven't gotten too far into that as well. But in this episode, we're going to discuss, of course, adrenaline, how it's connected to health issues like ADHD and fibromyalgia, which again are in his book, when to look for signs of excess adrenaline, the positive impacts of bioidentical hormones, and a whole lot more. And with that being said, let's get the interview started. Hello, Dr. <laughs> Platt. <laughs> How are you doing well, today? I'm, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. So let's get this started. Tell my audience about yourself. Tell us about your work. Well, um, as you mentioned, I've been board certified in internal medicine, but I specialize mostly in hormones and super specialized in problems related to adrenaline, which is a hormone that everybody has heard about, but nobody ever talks about. And, um, and for those who might be interested in how I get started with all this, it, it started with, um, with the fact that my, my mother died of breast cancer. 
And when she was only 61 years old and right after she died, it, it, it occurred to me, and this is back around 1980, long time ago, uh, that I had inherited her hormones. You know, people don't realize that men and women have the identical hormones, different levels, but the same hormones. And the fact that she died of breast cancer, which is caused by estrogen, I knew that she was lacking progesterone. And the only other problem with my mother, she, she had a belly on her. You know, she had a lot of fat around the middle, they all, nowhere else, but just around the middle. And the only thing that does that is insulin. And the whole thing about it, you know, insulin is that when insulin levels go up, blood sugar drops. And for years, I had a problem when I was driving, I would have to slap my face trying to keep my eyes open. And I knew I had a low sugar. I knew I was producing too much insulin. I said, well, maybe it's related to low progesterone. So I started using progesterone cream. And ever since that time, I have never had another episode of getting sleepy in a car. So that really got me interested in hormones. And I, I devoted a lot of time trying to learn as much as I could and devoted my practice to hormones. And the, um, I had the luxury of being able to spend about two hours with every patient. And so I had a, a lot of time to sit down and talk to them. And, you know, and, and I was trained that, you know, getting somebody well, 90% of that is, is history, you know, sitting down and talking to a patient. And, and doctors don't do that. You know, <laughs> they hardly spend any time talking to patients. But in any event, um, so when people read my books, they'll notice there are no references in my books to other articles or other books, because everything I learned, I learned from my patients. And, um, and you know, they call that observational-based medicine. Now, you may be familiar with the term evidence-based medicine, which I don't believe in. They, you know, that's drug companies. You know, they, you know <laughs> they're the ones that do evidence-based medicine, which to me has no meaning because they, they can manipulate those kind of studies as much as they want. But everything, how medicine progressed was with observational-based medicine. And that stopped 50 years ago. And just about that time, we stopped getting patients better. Uh, believe it or not, um, when we stopped observing and just did evidence-based medicine. Anyway, but getting back on track. I'm, <laughs> so, uh, but medicine has always been a passion for me. And that's what people just need to know about me. And I'm glad that you've given us that background. So thank you so much for sharing that because uh, again, I want my audience to know that you are an expert in what you do. And thank you for being here. Again, I love your books and I'm going to keep reading and learning more. But, uh, and I like your approach as well. Uh, see, a lot of times when I speak to someone about a health change that they can make, and so for some reason, everyone's a scientist now, right? And they say, so what does the scientist say? What does the research say? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was talking to a, a scientist. So um, let me tell you what it says. But however, for anyone who, who's been in the field, who have worked with individuals who have gotten healthier, you know that there is a lot more to it. See, I take a three-sided approach, maybe a little different than yours, but I take a three-sided approach. I look at ancestral background. Mm -hmm. I look at the scientific study and I look at the anecdotal evidence. So we think anecdotal <laughs> evidence is like a nasty phrase, right? Like if I drink and I feel like crap the next day, I don't need a study to tell me that I damage my body. 
<laughs> right? So the added donut piece is very important. So I'm glad that you do use um, at that in your practice, because that's very important. You observe, you see what actually happened. And given that you have such a large group to pull from, make you more um, effective in your work. So thank you very much. And thank you. You mentioned something, though, that and you said it in your book. I want to kind of talk about a little bit more. So you mentioned as insulin level goes up, blood sugar drops. For people who don't understand that, please explain why that, what that is and why it happens. Well, the function of insulin is actually to try to get sugar into, into, into cells. And, um, but, and there are certain things that predispose to the release of insulin. Uh, you know, just as soon as people put food in their mouth, the body is putting out insulin. And in, in general, insulin peaks during the day between three and four in the afternoon. And, and a lot of people get sleepy at that time. But, um, but the other thing is, is that, what most people don't realize is that the brain actually uses more sugar than any other tissue in the body. And, um, and so when people are driving and they're looking out the window, all that scenery is being registered by the brain. And you're looking at other cars and maybe listening to the radio or talking to somebody or the brain uses a, a tremendous amount of fuel while people are driving. And so that's why it's not rare for people to fall asleep when they're driving and they can go right off the road and hit a tree and kill themselves. But anytime the body detects that the brain is running out of glucose, sugar, automatically um, it puts out adrenaline to raise sugar levels for the brain. So when we talk about adrenaline, people have to realize that the reason why it's happening is that this is just the body's response to a low sugar in the brain. But what that tells people right away, that if people do have problems with adrenaline, that the nutritional response is important to actually reversing this problem. You know, so, okay, but we'll get to that. Definitely. And thank you for sharing that. You just, I asked that question for a specific reason, because I've had individuals uh, ask me about sleep and they say, you know what, I've cut my calories. I'm starting to lose weight, but my sleep quality is terrible. And you actually mentioned that in your book as well. I think it's chapter one or chapter two. And, I, and that's when I really fell in love with the book because I'm like, this guy, he knows his stuff. <laughs> and I, um, I say to them, what do you eat in the evenings, you know, towards the night? And they say, well, I try to eat fat protein and, you know, I keep my carbs really, really low. But I said, well, do you know that your brain runs on glucose? And you have glucose when you go to sleep it actually promotes healthy sleep quality because your cortisol and adrenaline don't, don't pick up when you're sleeping, which disrupts your sleep quality. Your cortisol and adrenaline are not supposed to be high when you're sleeping. So I'll put them on a regimen to say, I don't mind if you do low carb, if that's what your nutritionist recommend, okay, that's fine. But cycle your carbs. So at night, eat, eat some fruits and berries. Eat, some, eat something that give your brain some good, healthy glucose at night. And a few days later, everyone I've recommended that to have come back to me and said, wow, I'm sleeping a lot better now. And I said, yeah, it's science. So a better source of glucose uh, before going to sleep would be actually be vegetables, leftover vegetables from dinner. Ah, interesting. Um, and, and people should realize that the brain actually runs out of fuel around 2.30 in the morning. And that's when adrenaline levels peak. 
And a lot of people get up that time to urinate because adrenaline gives people that urge to urinate, even during the day. You know, on television, they call it an overactive bladder. You know, women are rushing to the bathroom and some women get leakage when they're trying to run to the, to, to the toilet. And they call that urgency incontinence. But again, it's adrenaline. Very easy to fix. Ah, um, I see. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so it's always, yeah. So vegetables are a good thing to eat before going to sleep uh, because they provide glucose. So, fact, so um, vegetables would be a better option over, let's say, berries go to sleep because they provide exactly. more glucose than berries or fruits may provide. <laughs> exactly. Great. Thank um, you so much. And, and in fact, good if people like sweet potatoes, um, if they want to give the brain the two fuels that it requires, I recommend um, in, instead of baking sweet potatoes that they slice them up and fry them in coconut oil. And what the coconut oil does, it gives them the ketones, which is the other fuel the brain uses. So, so yeah, so, um, so then what you're saying is that your, your brain can use glucose or ketones to promote quality sleep. Exactly. And the number, the number one reason why people are trouble sleeping is adrenaline. And, you know, some people toss and turn, some people grind their teeth at night. Some people have what's called restless leg syndrome. It's all adrenaline. And again, and we'll talk about this easy to fix. Ah, so so with you saying this adrenaline, and thank you so much for correcting me, and thank you so much for letting my audience know because that's extremely <laughs> sure, helpful okay. and it's something I can use in my practice as well and look into that a little bit further. So then let's talk about adrenaline. What exactly is adrenaline? Well, adrenaline is a hormone, and adrenaline is also a neurotransmitter. Now, as a neurotransmitter, adrenaline is responsible for giving people intelligence. And as a neurotransmitter, people that are right-brained, which means creative, uh, adrenaline as a neurotransmitter enhances creativity. Um, you know, when you talk about a condition like ADHD, um, you know, they, they have ADHD and they also have something called ADD. Now, ADHD is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So these are kids that are hyperactive and they have trouble focusing. Kids with ADD have trouble focusing, but they're not hyperactive. However, kids with ADD are the creative type children who actually have more adrenaline than the kids with ADHD. Um, but both conditions are, you know, are associated with increased adrenaline. Um, but the difference is, again, uh, kids with ADD have adrenaline as a neurotransmitter mostly, and kids with ADHD have it, again, mostly as a hormone. That's why they're hyperactive. But yeah, so that's adrenaline. It's, uh, it's a very powerful hormone. To, uh, you know, people mostly consider adrenaline as a, what they call the fight or flight hormone. Uh, in other words, when, when people are in danger, the body just pours out adrenaline. But that's a very rare reason why the body releases adrenaline. I mean, how often are people in danger? Um, but the primary function of adrenaline is to raise sugar levels for the brain. And what's interesting is that adrenaline peaks at 2.30 in the morning. And, and the reason why it's being released is to raise sugar levels. And, and the whole thing about sugar is that it doesn't matter whether you're eating sugar or if the body is making sugar, if you don't burn it up, 
then all that extra sugar is stored in your fat cells as fat. And when the body releases adrenaline, it creates stress to the body. And the body responds to stress by putting out another hormone called cortisol. And the first thing cortisol does, it also raises sugar levels. So now when people are lying in bed, right around 2.30 in the morning, they're putting out two hormones that raise sugar. And what people don't realize or fail to appreciate is that I am absolutely 100% convinced this is the number one cause of weight gain and nobody ever talks about it. Uh, and what I'm talking about is, is adrenaline is the number one cause of weight gain. Right. I so just, that makes sense, because if your adrenaline and your cortisol levels are, are consistently high, wouldn't that then also impact your cravings for uh, sugar as well? Well, it, it'll be releasing sugar, you know, because both hormones make sugar, which will stimulate <clears throat> the production of insulin. And when uh, insulin levels go up and then the blood sugar drops again, then you get the craving for sugar and the body will be actually producing even more sugar. So it's a, it's a cycle that keeps on going. Um, you know, the brain uses a fuel about every three hours or so. So the body is continuously producing adrenaline if people are not eating correctly. Right. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't insulin an anabolic hormone? It is. Right. Which would explain yeah. reason why individuals who uh, would end up gaining weight with a high insulin levels, correct? Well, insulin is, you know, puts on fat around the middle. Um, you know, when people have a low thyroid, you know, that, that puts on fat everywhere. Um, another hormone called estrogen uh, is a lipogenic hormone. It creates fat. And estrogen puts on fat around the hips, the thighs, and the buttocks. Uh, that's where cellulite comes from. So, <clears throat> but hormones are the underlying cause of weight. There's no question. Definitely. So other than weight, because you and I both know at this point that obesity is not just about willpower, right? It's actually, I consider it an actual disease, right? But what other than obesity, what other health problems can excess adrenaline cause? Where does one begin? Well, you know, when you care about women that are pregnant and have a, a fetus that does a lot of kicking, that's adrenaline. And these usually are the, the fetuses that when they're delivered, these are the babies that will have colic. And colic is probably the first manifestation of excess adrenaline. And you can actually get rid of colic in three minutes uh, in a baby. So you don't have to stay up all night with a baby crying. You can just eliminate the colic in about three minutes. And we'll talk about that. And uh, then they have something called the terrible twos. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but that's also adrenaline. But th then the next manifestation of excess adrenaline is bedwetting in children. The only, cause, the only cause of bedwetting is excess adrenaline. And you can get rid of bedwetting in a child in 24 hours, again, just by controlling adrenaline. Then the next manifestation will be ADHD. And, and we're talking about millions and millions of children that have ADHD. That it's not always recognized. But the thing about ADHD and what people need to realize is that the most intelligent, successful, creative people in the world have ADHD. It's not a bad thing. In fact, in my book, you know, Adrenaline Dominance, I talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. The only condition I put in the good category is ADHD. Um, you know, but, but it's treated as a learning disorder. But ADHD is not a learning disorder. It's an interest disorder. If, if a child is interested, he will focus. 
But a child with ADHD, if he's not interested, he will not focus because the adrenaline makes the mind go so quickly. And if he's not interested, he'll get distracted very easily. But again, you can actually eliminate ADHD in 24 hours just by lowering adrenaline. So, but the, um, when you say what conditions are related to excess adrenaline, well, um, you know, a lot of people now are, are experiencing anxiety. And the only thing that causes anxiety, again, is excess adrenaline. The, um, there's a condition called fibromyalgia. There are 4 million people in this country with fibromyalgia. They've all been told that there's no cure for it, but you can't cure a condition unless you know the cause of it. And doctors do not realize that excess adrenaline is the cause of fibromyalgia. Um, you know, fibromyalgia, it's a pain condition. The pain is due to a buildup of lactic acid in the muscle tissues. And the reason why the lactic muscle, the lactic acid builds up is that when people have a lot of adrenaline, they keep the muscle tense. Remember, it's the fight or flight hormone. And the, the tension in the muscles cuts off the circulation going through the muscles. So the body can't get rid of the lactic acid that's building up from the muscles being tense all the time. And the other thing that people complain about with fibromyalgia is fatigue. And the fatigue comes from muscles that are tense all the time. It uses up a tremendous amount of energy. But again, just by lowering adrenaline, you can eliminate fibromyalgia. It takes about anywhere from three days to three weeks, depending on how well they do with the, with the meal plan. So, um, but there are other conditions. Um, you may have heard of irritable bowel syndrome, and this, you know, which is primarily manifested by constipation. Again, the thing about adrenaline, um, remember it's the fight or flight hormone, and part of the survival response is that it cuts off blood supply in the body, the air is the body not needed for survival. And that's where cold hands and cold feet comes from. You know, people always blame a low thyroid, but it's actually adrenaline that causes cold hands and cold feet. And, but it also cuts off blood supply to the intestines because they're not needed for survival. And so they, people get constipated and sometimes develop diarrhea from irritable bowel syndrome. And then the other thing people should realize is that adrenaline cuts off blood supply to the salivary glands because they're not needed for survival. And so sometimes people with chronic anxiety have a dry mouth because they're not producing enough saliva. But also people should be aware that they should avoid uh, getting uh, saliva hormone tests because when people um, have their blood cut off to the salivary glands, the hormones don't get into the saliva. That results in a low cortisol when they do a morning cortisol on saliva. And, and that's where the false diagnosis of adrenal fatigue comes from. It's a condition that doesn't exist. It's a naturopath diagnosis because they do a lot of saliva tests. But if they did a blood test, they would find that the cortisol level is actually high in the morning, which makes sense because the body's been producing adrenaline. Um, so you know, especially around yeah so then are you saying then with if your if your adrenaline is high in your blood it may constrict those vessels would be cause a drying mouth and make your adrenaline low in your saliva well the it would be but the best test you know for determining excess adrenaline is actually cortisol um with and the cortisol is responding to the stress from the excess adrenaline so, um, 
But remember, cortisol and adrenaline are both raising sugar levels, mm-hmm. you know, and um, the uh, but other conditions that are, you know, associated with, you know, uh, road, road rage, people may have heard, you know, road rage is only caused by excess adrenaline. And again, you can get rid of that in 24 hours. <clears throat> people that have what's called a bipolar disorder, that's also adrenaline. Um, there's a condition called PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. It's found in about 8% of women that are, that are menstruating. And these are the women that for 10 days out of the month, nobody can live with them because they have severe anger issues and severe mood swings. Another condition felt to be incurable, but it's again, caused by excess adrenaline. Um, there's a condition called hyperemesis gravidarum. This is a condition where women vomit throughout their entire pregnancy. And again, no known cause, but it is excess adrenaline. Again, easy to fix if you know what you're dealing with. There's in the same ballpark, there's another condition called cyclical vomiting syndrome. And these are people that all of a sudden they start vomiting, they can't stop and have to be hospitalized. Again, only caused by excess adrenaline. I mean, we could go on. <laughs> it's a, um, you know, a lot of people complain about ringing in the ears. And perhaps one of the most common causes of that, again, is excess adrenaline, because when people have a lot of adrenaline, they very often carry a lot of tension in the back of the neck. And then that, that tension in the neck cuts off the circulation to the inner ear, resulting in tinnitus. And there's a, and probably the most common cause of headaches come from tension in the neck. And there's a headache called occipital neuritis, which probably nobody has ever heard of, but um, it it causes severe excruciating headaches. And it comes from the occipital, occipital nerve sheath at the base of the skull and very often causes the pain to shoot right into the back of the eye. And uh, occipital neuritis is always mistaken for migraine headaches. And what's interesting is that I have seen thousands of people with headaches due to occipital neuritis, and yet none of these people have migraine headaches, but they're always mistaken for migraine headaches. And migraine headaches are very difficult to treat. Um, And if you approach these headaches as migraine headaches, these headaches are not gonna go away. If you approach them as headaches caused by excess adrenaline, they go away immediately. Wow. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's almost a tragedy that the whole medical system is unaware of excess adrenaline. There are so many conditions related to it. Um, the, um, you know, I, I think I mentioned restless leg syndrome. Yes. Uh, you know, and they have drugs for this condition, but uh, restless leg syndrome is only caused by excess adrenaline. Um, so, and so, just it's a sort of review. Here I'm talking about insomnia. I'm talking about weight gain. Um, talk about ADHD and talk about fibromyalgia and talk about IBS. anxiety, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, um, even depression. A very common cause of depression is from internalization of anger. Um, they, you know, they call that an endogenous depression, and the number one cause of anger is adrenaline. So I'm. Um, I want to, um, anyone that's listening to this podcast, I want you to go back and listen to the, everything that, uh, Dr. Platt just listed out. Right. And if you, you or anyone, you know, who struggled from any of these, um, these, uh, health issues, 
reach out to Dr. Platt or at least at the minimum purchase his book, Adrenaline Dominance, because you're going to learn a lot by reading this book. I'm still digesting it and I'm still it's rare that I read a book that takes me forever where I'm constantly going back and highlighting and looking at something new and looking at my clients and realizing, hey, I, I see it. I actually see this happening. When I was in Jamaica, I was with my uh, my cousin who was diagnosed with, uh, with, with autism. And you mentioned that in your book as well. It's related to excess adrenaline. And uh, I started you know, bringing up to his, um, his parents some of the changes that you recommended. Because I identify certain things you said. If I put him in front of a video game, he will sit there and play it all day long. But the moment he's not interested in something, he'll run around, he'll He'll, uh, he just won't want to do it, right? So I thought about that. And that's why I'm going back and looking at your book and I recommended your book to them. So thank you so much. And I wasn't planning on asking this question, Dr. Flat, but you're giving me, my audience, so much good information. So I want to ask you, you mentioned ADD, which is caused by excess adrenaline in the brain. AD was more of a neurotransmitter. ADHD, where adrenaline functions more as a hormone and there's autism. Can you really explain the three uh, it will kind of clarify what are the really big differences between the three okay between autism and adhd and add and oh and add okay um okay well the um, people with add and adhd will have trouble focusing um the uh, because again because the mind goes very quickly and it, and because of the adrenaline and, and, and because of that, it's very hard for them to focus unless they're interested. If they're not interested, they'll get distracted. Now, the children with autism, they have an incredibly high level of adrenaline. I mean, much higher than kids with ADD and ADHD. And, um, the, um, and they respond very well to managing adrenaline. You know, they start communicating, they start focusing better. They, if they have anger issues, the Anger issues disappear. If they're not talking, they start talking um, just by lowering adrenaline. And um, But let me tell you about a big difference between ADHD and ADD. The, the, the people with ADD, remember, these are the ones that are creative. And, and a person is, when somebody is creative, these are the characteristics they'll find. First of all, they'll be very intuitive about people. In other words, they can pick up good energy and bad energy from people. And they'll have premonitions and they'll have deja vu type feelings. And the other thing is when the phone rings, they'll either know who it is right away before they answer, or they'll say, geez, I was just thinking about you. And they'll also find that, um, that animals will be very attracted to them. Uh, and in fact, um, when you hear about people that are dog whisperers and horse whisperers, uh, again, that's adrenaline that gives them this ability. And I'll explain why in a second. And, um, and, and people, again, who are very creative have the same ability as psychics and clairvoyants. Um, this is how they had their ability from excess adrenaline. Um, the, um, what, what happens is that when people have a lot of adrenaline as a neurotransmitter, um, it allows them to tap into the energy that goes through the air. There's a lot of energy 
you know, from cell phones and Wi-Fi and satellites, all that energy is going through the air. And when people have a lot of adrenaline, they can tap into that energy. And that's why they can have premonitions and deja vu type feelings, you know, who's on the phone and all these things. I can't explain the science behind it, but I know it's related. Um, the, um, and while we're talking about animals, uh, you may have heard of dogs that have separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, that's adrenaline also. And that is, you can get rid of separation anxiety in a, in a dog in about one minute. Uh, these are also dogs that might be afraid of lightning or afraid of fireworks or um, aggressive. You know, it's all adrenaline. Um, it, it's treated with a 5% progesterone cream. Now, when I say 5%, um, that means that, that each pump is 50 milligrams. Now, 50 milligrams is the exact strength you need to block adrenaline. So, uh, but you can take progestin cream and put it inside the dog's ear where, where it's like skin and it gets absorbed immediately. And like I say, separation anxiety goes away in about a minute. I just want to pass that on to, to your listeners. Thank you very um, much. The, um, so, yeah, so ADHD, autism, ADD, all, all related to excess adrenaline. Um, so I have a question for you. Um, yeah. and we're going to talk about progesterone in a moment, but we realized something. And this is an observation. I know nothing about the topic. You're the expert. But we're in Jamaica and we realized that he was communicating and is, uh, he was playing with us a little bit more. Um, and his family were they, were, they live in New York and they were a little surprised. They're not used to him acting like that. And my theory is that because he's a little bit more relaxed, again, just a theory, his adrenaline has lowered a little bit, which is causing him to be more social. Do you have anything to say about that? If, if I'm incorrect well, or what do you think? Okay. No, so his, his activity changed when he was in Jamaica. Correct. Which is, okay. It could be because of the way he was eating. It could be he was eating more vegetables in Jamaica. I don't know. He was, I'm just he, saying. was he was, he was, yes. Um, yeah, it, let me tell you, it doesn't take long to lower adrenaline. I, like I say, 24 hours, uh, you can get rid of road rage and ADHD just, just by feeding somebody correctly and using the, the right type of progesterone cream. So um, then, so then I want to ask you this then, what exactly is progesterone? Cause we mentioned it a lot and give us more like, what is it and how can it really be beneficial in lowering adrenaline? Okay. The, um. Progesterone is a hormone. Most people, including doctors, think it's a woman's hormone. And they don't, again, they're not aware that men and women have the identical hormones. Uh, men stop making progesterone right around the age of 50. It stops. And it's after the age of 50 that men stop, you know, start developing prostate cancer. Because progesterone, one of its features is that it blocks estrogen. And estrogen is the cause of prostate cancer and estrogen, estrogen causes like six different cancers in women. And it's an, so progesterone is an incredibly important hormone when it comes to cancer. And unfortunately, um, look at all these women that are put on birth control pills. Uh, you know, when a woman is on birth control pills, she stops ovulating. And the only time a woman produces progesterone is when she, when she ovulates. So, you know, we set women up for de developing all these conditions like fibroids and endometriosis and polycystic ovaries and cancer. Um, 
you know, it's all hormones. And, and, and unfortunately, most doctors are not familiar with hormones. Um, but in any event, progesterone is an incredibly important hormone for both men and women. Uh, not only do men start developing prostate cancer once they stop making progesterone, but they start putting on weight around the middle because now they don't have, you know, progesterone also blocks insulin. And, and insulin is the hormone that puts on fat around the middle. And so, again, um, progesterone, is, it, it's an important hormone for men and women. Um, now, you have to, people have to be careful because uh, progesterone, it, you know, what I'm talking about is progesterone in a cream form. And I mentioned 5%, which is the best strength for blocking estrogen, insulin, and adrenaline. Um, the, um, but progesterone also comes in orally in a pill and, 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 and a, a troche suppository that they can put in their mouth. Uh, anytime you take progesterone orally, it goes straight through, uh, through the GI tract and goes, stops first in the liver. And when it, progesterone gets to the liver, it converts into a different hormone called allopregnanolone. And one of its side effects is that it makes people sleepy. And that's why <clears throat> women are told to take progesterone at night, but they're not getting progesterone. They're getting allopregnanolone, which is not progesterone. So I don't ever recommend oral progesterone. I just want people to know that. Um, see, um, and I believe yeah, you so, mentioned that in your book as well, that uh, you do not recommend oral progesterone. And I definitely remember that. Yeah. Um, but progesterone is definitely my favorite hormone. I have to be honest with you. Okay. So let's say, let me ask you a question. Let's say I'm uh, I'm 50 years old, right? And so I'm coming up on that time at that point. Do you recommend I see a specialist or an expert like yourself before I start progesterone cream? No. Or it, no, no. I, it's such a safe hormone. You don't need to see a doctor. Um. So do you then recommend that in general, uh, men um, should start, even if they say they don't have signs of ADD, ADHD, or excess adrenaline, should they start anyway, or is or is, should it should it be just like a, a regular part of your routine, or only if you inhibit si showing signs of excess adrenaline? Well, let me tell you, I, I always prefer treating people rather than lab tests. And, and, and the reason for that, you can never go wrong treating a person, but you can go wrong treating a lab test because lab tests vary or differ depending on the time of day that the blood is drawn or the time of the week or the, uh, the month. Anyway, but, um, but usually, you know, the people that I see have symptoms. And, I'm, and um, so usually when people have a problem with low progesterone, uh, and increased adrenaline, they'll have trouble sleeping. They might grind their teeth at night, might be a little bit quick to anger, a little short fused, they might have cold hands, cold feet. They may carry tension in the back of the neck. Um, you know, these are all symptoms of too much adrenaline. And, you know, people like to think in terms of longevity and living long. Uh, are you familiar with the term telomeres? Yes, yes. Okay, well, you know, theoretically, you know, telomeres that, that are on the ends of chromosomes uh, are supposed to be a good indication for how long somebody's going to live. And the thing that, that shortens telomeres is stress. And the only cause of stress, basically, is increased adrenaline. So, again, you could look at progesterone as an anti-aging hormone because, again, it reduces adrenaline. 
but it's it just uh, and when people start applying progesterone um, and they have increased adrenaline, literally within minutes they feel more relaxed and they are able to focus better. This is, happens right away, and and if they have things like road rage, that's gone in twenty four hours. Um, wow. And it's powerful. You know, it's, yeah. So it, then. Think about telomeres, right? And I'm sorry to cut you off there because I'm really okay. just kind of piqued my interest, right? Because okay. we talk about cortisol and we talk about stress all the time. And we talk about stress, we immediately think cortisol. That's what our mind right. goes to. But what you're educating my, my, me and my audience right now is really adrenaline. Because the way, and tell me if I'm wrong, the way you explain it to me is the excess adrenaline is what's causing your cortisol levels to raise. Well, it's adrenaline that creates stress and the body responds to stress by putting out cortisol. So yes, you're correct. It's adrenaline that causes the cortisol to raise. You're absolutely right. Interesting and, uh, enough. And that's what we need to think about. So that's why when you're saying about lowering our adrenaline, our bodies don't, won't be able, won't need to respond to the stress to create the excess cortisol, which of course can shorten our lifespan as well, which we have so many studies that shows the connection between stress and shorter lifespan. So yeah, cortisol is not a happy hormone. You know, it can damage the immune system. It can cause osteoporosis. It causes weight gain. It, it's not a happy hormone. Thank um, you so much for sharing that. So then you just gave us, and I like the fact that you also list out signs, right? Of excess adrenaline, like cold hands, cold feet. If you grind your teeth, you have trouble sleeping. Just these little things that we think is, oh, it's just a personality thing. This is just what I do, right? <laughs> and you know, what? Yeah. you know, you heard, I'm sure you've heard that before. Oh, that's just me. This is what I do. When we don't realize that, hey, maybe caused by excess adrenaline. And from what you explained to me, it's more than likely that it's excess adrenaline. So again, even if you're not quote unquote diagnosed with ADAD, ADHD or autism, right? IBS, so on and so forth. But you have those other signs. Again, you may want to read it at minimum, read the book, Adrenaline Dominance. But I know you had something to add. Well, I was just going to say that people, if, if there's somebody in the family that has increased adrenaline, they got it from one or both parents. Uh, adrenaline always runs in families, always. And so if, if some, if, if, if these parents have a child with ADHD, they got, they got it from one or both parents. So it, it just, you know, but let me tell you something, the most, again, it's important for people to realize the most intelligent, successful, creative people in the world have ADHD. And in fact, the most successful people are the ones that have two different types of ADHD. Uh, when I say two different types and talk about both the creative type, which is ADD, and the typical type, which is ADHD. So people that have that, and I call that a mixed type ADHD. And these people um, are usually the ones that, that head up companies and are usually the ones that never finish college, by the way, and yet they're the heads of companies. Um, you mentioned that in your book as well. I was shocked. Yeah. When I read that, I thought about it and I said, you know, you, you really think about someone who, have, who has ADD or ADHD, they, they actually they have a hard time focusing on quite often, right? So you tell them to sit down and listen. They're not going to just sit down and listen, but you give them something that interests them and they will stay on it. It's quite interesting as I read your book, how that kind of my light bulb lit up. I mean, the classic examples are Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. Um, they did pretty well and they had no trouble focusing on their, their own things that they were focused on, but yeah. 
Thank you so much. Now we we mentioned progesterone. You mentioned your cream, um, the cream, and you talked about the dosage as well. So thank you so much because again, that is huge, especially if you have any signs of excess adrenaline, right? But I want to ask you, other than let's, can you mention nutrition a little bit earlier, right? So other than let's say take um, using the progesterone cream, right? What mm -hmm. other habits or what other changes can someone make to lower adrenaline levels? Well, you know. What people need to be aware of is that when it comes to any kind of condition or illness, that the best approach is to treat the cause of it. And the only way you can eliminate a condition or a disease is to treat the cause of it. So when it comes to adrenaline, you have to treat the reason why the body is releasing adrenaline. And what makes it relatively simple, there's only two reasons basically why the body releases adrenaline. You know, one is if you're in danger. But I mentioned that's not, not, that's not a common reason why the body puts out adrenaline because you're not often, unless you live in a war zone like you, Ukraine. <laughs> but um, I'm sure there's a lot of adrenaline <laughs> in U Ukraine right now. But anyway, the... Um, the, the primary reason why the body releases adrenaline is just to raise sugar levels for the brain. So again, as I mentioned, um, if you're aware of this, then what you want to do is to provide the brain with the fuels that it needs so the body doesn't have to use adrenaline. Now, the brain uses two different fuels. One is glucose. And as I mentioned, the best source of glucose comes from vegetables. And it's not that they're great sources of glucose. It's just that uh, it's the kind of glucose that does not stimulate the presence of the, a lot of insulin uh, release. Um, you know, candy and soda are great sources of glucose, but they're very highly glycemic. They produce a lot of insulin, which lowers sugar levels and defeats the purpose. But vegetables are low glycemic. They don't produce a lot of insulin. So that's why they're good. And then the other fuel, which is probably more important, are ketones. And I know people have heard of a ketogenic diet. Which, which I don't recommend only because it's a very hard diet to accomplish. Um, but you can get ketones directly from coconut oil or something called MCT oil, which stands for medium chain triglyceride oil, which comes from coconut oil. Now, the difference is, is that coconut oil is a great oil for cooking because it has a very high heat threshold. And MCT oil has no flavor, so you can add it to anything. And a lot of people put it in coffee uh, it's, it's part of the bulletproof coffee regime, um, but and some people put it in tea, but you can add it to anything, salad dressing with vinegar. At, um, so, so that's the two fuels, ketones and glucose. And if people are adding this into their meal plan, almost within 24 hours, they'll get a significant drop in their adrenaline. It's not a long-term treatment program. Ah. Um, and it can't hurt anybody. I mean, there's no harm involved in adding vegetables and MCT oil and coconut oil to your meal plan. Um, and then the only other thing they have to add is a 5% progesterone cream. Um, and again, 5% means that each pump is 50 milligrams. And, you know, that's available on my, on my website uh, without a prescription. So, so, um, now, the only, if somebody says to me, well, there's got to be a downside to progesterone. And, uh, and uh, there's only one, one downside. Um, are you familiar with a condition called type 3 diabetes? 
I am not, no. Um, type 3 diabetes, the other name for it is insulin resistance in the brain. And why it's an important condition that people should be aware of is the number one precursor to Alzheimer's. And the whole thing about Alzheimer's is that it's a disease of prevention. Um, so when people have type 3 diabetes, the insulin in their brain can't get glucose into their brain cells. Now, you may have heard how coconut oil has, has cured people with Alzheimer's. I don't know if you've heard this, but it's, it's because the coconut oil converts into ketones and ketones go directly into the brain. They don't need insulin. So, um, you know, so anybody who's having problems where they think they might have dementia and uh, possibly Alzheimer's, they should try using, you know, coconut oil and MCT oil. Uh, so the thing, the thing about um, progesterone is that one of its benefits is that it does create some degree of what's called insulin resistance. And this is a benefit because it prevents people from getting sleepy after eating, prevents people from getting sleepy in the afternoon between three and four when insulin peaks. And as I mentioned earlier, it prevents people from getting sleepy when they're driving. So these are all good benefits, but if somebody already has insulin resistance in the brain and uses progesterone, they get even more insulin resistance, causing an immediate outpouring of adrenaline. So, uh, so what happens here is that people would use progesterone cream and all of a sudden feel very tense and angry and palpitations, and, um, and that's the progesterone causing the release of, of increased adrenaline. Now, they don't have a test for type 3 diabetes. It, but what's interesting is that using progesterone cream is a test for it. Doctors are not, not aware of this, but I'm just saying. So if somebody does use progesterone cream and they get that, that kind of reaction, then they could have type 3 diabetes or they could have just no fuel in their brain, uh, which, and they can sometimes get the same kind of reaction um, if they have no fuel. But, but I just want people to be aware of that. And if, if they have questions, they can always get in touch with me. Um, oh, thank you so much. And with that being said, because you've just given us such wonderful information. I mean, my jaw is dropped just by listening to you. <laughs> and again, I've already read like 75% of your book, but apparently I didn't get everything. For, I need to go back and reread some of the chapters because I'm really learning a lot by this interview. So thank you so much for being here. I know my audience is going to, be benef is going to benefit from it as well. And of course, your contact information will be in the show notes and then of course the show notes are going to be in the description of the podcast but before i but to let my audience know though how what's the best way to get in touch with you well um they could email their questions uh, and the email is questions at platwellness.com questions at platwellness.com um if they want to speak to me directly they can call the office number which is 7608 36-3232. And that office number will go directly to my cell phone. So, um, so I'm very easy to get hold of. Um, and, um, and of course, the, your, the, your information for your website, so we can um, take a look at the progesterone cream that will also be in the description in the, um, in the show notes as well. Yeah, on the uh, website, I also have a meal plan to lower adrenaline. Um, which I will send you also, by the way. <laughs> Great. Thank um, you so much. Yes, definitely. And um, yeah, and there's a lot of information on the website about, you know, progesterone and 
adrenaline and stuff like this. And, and I always have information I can send to people also. I, you know, there was a time that I wanted to change healthcare in this country, but you believe it, you run into so many roadblocks. Uh, you know, they, um, you know, people think that we have a good medical system, but, you know, but the United States is on the bottom of the list of healthcare of all civilized countries. We have the highest incidence of strokes and diabetes and cancer and heart disease and obesity. We're number one, even infant mortality. We're number one. And, um, it's because, you know, our whole medical system is controlled by drug companies who have no interest in people being healthy. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. I'm sorry, but I'm just. No, I agree with you. I'm going to tell you this quick story before I, before we get out of here. Um, and it's only take like maybe 60 seconds. I used to have really bad allergies and really bad asthma. And uh, at one point I was on one, the albuterol, I believe. And then eventually I was on like Advir, some pills or something. And I asked my doctor, I said, look, I'm in my thirties. I know how this goes. I'm going to end up on five by the time I'm 40 and so on and so forth. And he's like, well, just take your medicine. I was like, anything else I can, any other change I can make? He doesn't really know. Long story short, by working, by reading and really making health changes and learning from fantastic doctors like yourself, um, I'm three years in off all my medication, breathing, no issues, and I feel fantastic. Versus when I was on medication, I had to refill twice a year because I couldn't breathe and I was coughing all the time. So it goes back to what you're saying that we don't really, for one, my doctor spent maybe three, four minutes with me and answered a couple of questions. And then when I wanted to know about other changes, he really could not teach it because as you know, doctor, in most medical schools, nutrition and lifestyle changes are not really taught and nutrition is more of an elective. It's not a required course. The um, now, if you had called me, um, I would have told you to use progestin cream, and that would have eliminated your your need for medications within probably a day or two. Oh, I did not know that connection. Thank you yeah, so progestin much. Yeah, progestin will eliminate asthma. Oh, thank you so much. I'm gonna look into that. And again, everyone, if his uh, Dr. Plast contact information will be in the description of the podcast. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, we'll be in the show notes, which will be in the description of the podcast. Dr. Platt, thank you for being here. You provided pleasure. great information. It's oh. you provided such great information. I have so many more of your books to read. And I'm not just saying this because a lot of the stuff that you've taught me, I have never heard, not that I've never heard of, but it's more of it actually makes sense. And I've <laughs> seen it in myself and others that I've been around. I just didn't know that's what was actually happening. So thank can you I, so much for oh, breaking it can out. Can I say, do I, I don't know if I have time, but um People should realize the progesterone cream is applied to the arm, the forearm, and you rub the two arms together. And another really good place to put it is the back of the neck uh, if there's tension back there. And that'll get rid of tinnitus and headaches. And uh, if they have restless leg syndrome, they just have to massage it into the top of their thighs. They'll go in about 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I foresee a part two to this interview in the future. Um, you're That's being fine. fantastic and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Zico Hell Show. If you got good quality content out of this or any of my episodes, save, subscribe, and share it with family, friends, co workers or anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route 
and enjoy the ride.